Welcome to The Lively Show. Let's explore the beauty of being alive. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's show. I'm so excited to be bringing you a good old-fashioned interview. Many people have asked me to bring them back, and I am doing so right now with the theme of the beauty of being alive. So this episode is with Alyssa Beltempo, A-L-Y-S-S-A, Beltempo. You can find her over on YouTube at Alyssa Beltempo, or you can find her on her website, Ms. Beltempo, M-S-B-E-L-T-E-M-P-O.com. I have loved learning from Alyssa over the, like, I guess several months, maybe over a year now. Uh, her channel is all about slow fashion and using what you already have to be a better stylist in the closet that you have currently and how you want to evolve it going forward in a very intentional way. I have loved learning from her because she really helps break things down into elements of style and reworking your closet in a way that gives you more options given what you have currently and how you can do a better job with the with the creativity essentially. And it's really helped elevate my closet, my wardrobe, and it's such a joy to watch her videos. I highly recommend watching them. And I'm just excited to have a chance to talk with her and find out more and hopefully bring some interesting insights on the subject to you as well. Let's go to the show. Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Bella. It's a true pleasure to be here. I know this I was sharing with you before the show is feels like full circle for me because oh so many years ago I had oh so many guests and it's been a long time since I brought one on in this kind of way in fashion and I'm so well fashion that's a good word to use right there I'm so excited to be having you to share with my audience my passion for fashion and how you see fashion I find so inspirational I think my audience is going to love everything that you're about with it so First, can you tell us about yourself and how you got into fashion? Yes. And I have to say, it's it's a true honor to be on here. I'm honored that you even watch my content and everything like that. So thank you. Of course. <laughs> you I so love it. I really do. Um, no. Good. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, so I, I guess I first got into fashion. Gosh, I mean, I was always someone who loved fashion and, and getting dressed. And I was very, very particular about what I wore, even from a very, very young age. So I didn't, um, I wasn't the kind of person who like, you know, was reading magazines, fashion magazines when she was like 10 or sewing clothes for her Barbies or anything <laughs> like that. But I, I always, right? Like I know there are, oh my God, these incredibly talented people, like the designers and all them. Um, but I, I was always very, very, very particular about what I was wearing, how I was wearing it. I remember trying to like belt a dress that my that my Nona had made me when I was four and everyone was like, she like sewed it with her own hands. It was beautiful. She was a seamstress. And then my they were all like, no, you can't ruin the silhouette. And I was four. I was like, no, I want to belt this thing. So like I always had a very, right? Like I was four. Like what do I know? But I always had a very, very particular way of of wanting to see things and and wear things and... Um, I guess I was working in finance before all of this. And the best part of my day was like picking my outfit and getting dressed. And so I slowly started to work with just friends and family and doing, you know, their closet audits and helping them put outfits together. And then I actually left the world of finance to manage a luxury boutique, local boutique here in my hometown, because my ex-husband actually was like, look, Alyssa, like, 
if you you say you want to open a boutique, but you've never even worked in one before. So like, why don't we try why <laughs> one don't you step see if you before like the other before you leave? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he was he's a very logical man. <laughs> so I'm grateful to him for that. Um, and I did end up working in a boutique and it was an incredible experience. I really got to see you know, what the buying, how how buying works and agencies and all that, all that stuff. But I did realize I didn't want to own a boutique. So instead, I went into fashion styling. <laughs> all right, Alyssa, that is so interesting. Finance pivoting into, you know, being a managing a fashion boutique sounds like a huge gear shift. And I know years ago, back when I was doing these kind of interviews, this was a very classic kind of storyline where it went from one big, maybe mainstream way of going about career and then going a little bit off piece into something that's more passion led. Was that how it felt for you? And what was it like? Was it confusing, exciting, liberating? Oh, yeah, that's such a great question. I had been working part-time retail for a few months before I made the full switch. So I was already getting a sense of like both worlds. And when I did finally make the switch, it felt so natural. Like it, it, it didn't even feel like, yes, I guess it was exciting. It was something different. And I like doing, I like sort of changing tracks, but it really, it just felt like, okay, this is, this is what I do now. Like it was, it felt so, so natural to, to be there, to have staff, to work retail, even though, like I said, I had never, even as a student, like in high school, I had never worked retail. So, uh, it was, it was a very, very natural yeah, it felt very natural and smooth. Like I was always sort of meant to to be there, to be there instead of in my finance job. Yeah, which makes sense because it's kind of still a bit financey in the way of managing all the things you have to manage in a business. That's just a different, you know, degree of scale and all those sorts of things. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. That's such a good point because to be honest, you mentioned you went to business school and I had gone to business school for finance. And it's so funny because when it actually came to running a business, I learned more about that in my year and a half at the boutique than I ever did in my uh, finance that, And degree. that is why, that is the reason why right? I hated business school because I was like, wait, I have a jewelry <laughs> business and this is teaching me like mergers and acquisitions and competing against yes. people about like regression analysis and like, okay, so yeah. now, now though, okay, maybe fine. I see that as I reflect on it from the outside perspective, like a stepping stone, because mm -hmm. it was still finance, you know, could say with fashion as a theme. But then you said you went to styling. So that's even further away from yeah. finance into just more yes. pure fashion. What was that like? And why? A hundred percent. Yeah. So that was really interesting. So the town uh, where I was living and where I am now, actually, like it's it's the nation's capital in Canada. It's not very fashion. There's no editorials happening here. But we had, at the time that I started at the boutique, and like I had kind of realized after a year and a half, like, okay, maybe I don't want to own a boutique, but I definitely like the creative aspect of fashion. I like dressing people. I like talking to people. And there was a very like nascent, is that how you say that word? I think so. <laughs> latent. Um, like, <laughs> is that nascent? Is nascent and latent? No, like buddies? nascent is like, like, no, I think nascent is like when it's like being birthed. Oh, you know? like, like a nativity, the, the birthing of... <laughs> The birthing of, okay, keep going. I got it now. Thank the you for that. Of Vocab like, okay, word. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, wrote, I should like look it up how to pronounce it. I shouldn't use words I don't know how to pronounce. Um, so it's like this very like budding, I guess, um, styling industry in the nation's capital where the commercial styling was happening. So it wasn't more, it wasn't the creative fashion editorials. But government, large government campaigns, marketing ad agencies were starting to shoot their ad campaigns here. So 
I happened to be at the right place at the right time, and I started doing commercial wardrobe styling. And then that grew, and then I got hired by a shopping center, and uh, and there's a big um, Food Network studio here, which like is so <laughs> random, but I started dressing the hosts. And so that kind of grew into commercial styling. And then it was during that period where I really started to realize, and I was doing some individual styling on the side as well, but um, it was really during that period I was spending a lot of time in fast fashion stores, in people's closets, at the mall. And I noticed that there was an inverse relationship between the size of people's closets and their satisfaction with their personal style and their wardrobe and how good they felt about themselves. And at the same time, you know, I kept... I, 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 it, something was like not sitting well with me, like seeing all the, you know, multitudes and multitudes of clothes. And also because I had left my finance job and because my ex, my now ex-husband and I had moved into um, a very small condo from a 1200 square foot townhome, my financials were now limited and my physical space was limited. So I had started to practice these sort of slow fashion principles. This is like way back in 2015 when sustainable fashion was not a trendy, beautiful thing that is that it is now. And I really started to pay attention to what I brought into my closet, how I wore it. I got so much more creative with my clothes, not only from the skills of learning how to work on commercial sets and like you really only have the options that you brought with you. So, you, you know, that was really helpful in terms of boosting my creativity with clothing. Um, and then, but also just financially and physically, like I could not afford to shop cheap uh, or shop mindlessly. And then it was during this Ooh, whole period wait, where wait, wait, actually... Wait. The, no, oh, no. Oops, you sorry. said something too good. Me? No, you said something too good. Ah! I had to go into it. <laughs> I want to... That sounds like an oxymoron, but I want to dive into it. I could not afford to shop mm. cheap. Tell more. Right. What is that? That You, you yeah. can't just skip that gold. That's something there. There's something there. So what does that mean? I, I couldn't this. afford to shop cheap. Yeah. So I think... Um, I. When I say I couldn't afford to shop cheap, it means that when when you do shop cheap, it's it's I find and this isn't a this isn't a knock on if you're financially if all you can afford is to shop at you know well, like I love thrifting Value Village Salvation Army I I still I thrift all the time but when I mean cheap I don't mean necessarily in terms of the price I mean from an uh, introspective idea like mindlessly right like. Um, I mean, not like the clothing isn't disposable. So if I bring something into my closet, whether I paid $10 for it or whether I saved up for it for a year or a few months and I paid $100 for it, it, it that doesn't really matter. It's about the mindset behind the piece. So it was really about thinking, okay, how long am I going to wear this? What else is it going to go with in my closet? Is it going to maximize the pieces that I already have? I'm going to want to keep this item for a long time. So can I mend it? Can I tailor it? Does it have enough seam allowance if I want to get it adjusted for future, you know, the size fluctuations or whatever? So that's what I mean when I, I say I couldn't afford to shop cheap, as in... Unintentionally. Not so much the... Unintention yeah, unintentionally. Thank you. So it wasn't <laughs> yeah, about... I love that too, because it's more about the now moment. I've learned this in my inner voice, like showing me with shopping. Mm -hmm. It's about the now, the right item right now. You could just stumble upon it or you could have thought about it for three mm -hmm. months, but it's about the intentionality of it in your life in the future rather than how long you've yeah. thought about it ahead of time. Have you... What is your thought on that from your own experiences? 
Both. Yeah, that's such a good question because I think you can have both. There are products, there are garments and things in my closet that I've had my eye on for literally years and you you save up for it. And when you do make the purchase, it's like, oh, it's so much more rewarding because you've you've purchased it with intention, you know? But then there are also pieces, like usually with thrifting, which I do a lot of, almost all of my closet is secondhand. Um, Usually with thrifting or vintage shopping, that's where I think more in the now moment, as you mentioned. Like when you put a piece on and maybe it wasn't on your list, maybe you don't even need it, but you put it on and it just, it feels right. It looks right. You feel like 100% in it. Then that's a a now moment piece. Um, And then there, of course, there are other things to help you kind of other guideposts, like, you know, working with your your three words, which uh, Alison Bornstein talks about a lot. Um, so using those as your guideposts, like your three adjectives, um, so that you're not going completely off script, because sometimes those now pieces, like they feel good in the moment, you feel amazing, but it could also be like, maybe you're on vacation. So your mindset is that you're, you're in a completely different mindset. You're feeling good. Maybe you just had a cocktail. I don't know. <laughs> so you have to, so that's where those guideposts um, do come in handy. And like the elements of style come in handy because you can be like, okay, wait, do these suit the elements of style that are always my top priority? And then you kind of run through those. Um, and if you're still feeling it, then uh, yeah, then go for it. So that's kind of how I see those two very divergent purchases. I love that. Okay. So we're, we're getting into it a little bit, but we were, let's go back to where you're actually, your train of thought was about, mm-hmm. you couldn't afford to shop cheap because you downsized your life. Yes. And then what happened next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I, um, my old, my previous employer, the credit agency was, uh, asked me to come in and do a presentation about how to make our closet more eco-friendly and how to shop our closets for their, they were doing like a green week. And that led me to do a bit more research into sustainable fashion. And also it led me to watch the documentary, The True Cost, which I think is a lot of people's jumping off point into sustainable fashion. And, uh, I realized that a lot of the that's where I really realized there was a, a pretty big gap in the narrative around sustainable fashion. As I was doing the research, it seemed that, you know, at the time, this was, like I said, 2014, 2015, maybe. And um, at the time, the narrative around slow and sustainable fashion was either you're spending tons of money on a pair of, like, not so beautiful bamboo hemp onion dyed skin <laughs> yeah. pants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and you have to pay a fortune for these things, and they might not be your style. And so it was either that, or there was, a, and there was a lot of like shame and blame on the consumer. You know, like making us feel like, oh, if you shop fast fashion, you're evil. But it's like some people don't have an. There's not an alternative. Like fast fashion sizing is typically more inclusive. You know, um, although there's so many good slow fashion brands out there now that have inclusive sizing and it's beautiful to see. But at the time, you know, from an accessibility standpoint, fast fashion is is what we have to work with or it was. Now, I, I don't think that's that's the case. But um, and not everyone has the time to shop secondhand. Like, yes, secondhand is an incredible alternative. But if you're a single mom with three kids, do you have time to scour the racks at your local thrift store like every Tuesday? Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just felt like it it wasn't an accessible space and no one was talking about using what we already have. 
Like, why wasn't that an option? Yeah, you know? and that's and what so, I learned from no you. Was, that's what I get from you. Thank of you. Of all of the channels. I watch a lot you. of fashion people, but I obviously, Ugh, we're going to get into it in a second. The thing that I, I want to highlight about you reusing and, and everything. But yeah, so you, that's what you added. That's what you added for me. Is that what you feel like you've added? Is Thanks. the like use your use that you have? You Yeah, just use what you have, like shop your closet. And it was, and I also made it, fun like I the content has always been fashion first you know like whether my content results in you shopping less saving money which it does discovering your personal style because that's what happens when you actually give your brain and your creativity the space to work with what you have rather than if we continue to just keep bringing pieces in um we don't really give ourselves the time to appreciate what's already in there or even to play with it, you know? Absolutely. Because we're too busy looking for the next thing. Well, so, you know, both of us. Right. Sorry. I, I tend to go on tangents. Sorry if I'm talking no, too much. No, 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 no. Sorry. I, I just wanted, like, I have something to add to this to get you to go further, basically. So, yeah, it's great. Okay. Yes, please. You also, Good. I know from your videos, travel extensively. I'd lived eight years or six of eight years in a mm. suitcase. So I understand what you mean because I've had the gift of the restriction of a suitcase living life for six years. So I understand the, the I've lived essentially in a capsule wardrobe. It's hard not to when you're in such uh, a mode and you've done extensive travel. Did the travel, obviously that supports yeah. capsule small, like reusing wardrobe, but was that actually an offshoot of slow fashion at that point? Cause you weren't really traveling much or how did that also go into the reusability of everything you had? Do you mean like, because I was traveling recently, so I had already, I was already in like big time, the slow fashion space. It's funny, the capsuling didn't come until later. And I still don't know that I, um, I love capsule wardrobes, but it's definitely for me, it's more just about using what you already have. I think capsuling is a really good tool. Um... Could a capsule be what you but, already have? Uh, like, I'm just wondering. Oh, it is. <laughs> it 100% is. Yeah, so a capsule to me, the way I create capsule wardrobes is like I just I just take the pieces that I'm really, really loving and I... And you like, you know, if you want, you can create a little capsule out of those and then put them aside. Like the way I see capsules is I use them particularly with clients who have really big closets oh. and are always like, I, I don't know how to declutter things, da, 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 da. and then I say, well, look, like if you love all your clothes and you have a huge closet, like there's nothing wrong with having a huge closet. And if you want to make sure you use all your clothes, like why don't we make fun little capsules depending on where you're at in your life? So whether it's a seasonal capsule, like cool, but what if you've got like a month full of crazy events coming up? So let's make like a fun, you know, event-themed capsule for you. And then you put everything else aside and then through that, you can kind of learn what your your go-tos are or how you like to dress. So I, I see capsules Capsule's more of a of a tool for styling and creativity, and less of a, of like a, a, an infrastructure, so to speak. But I know some people use capsules like that's how they manage their wardrobe, and that's great too. I love the idea of just. Sorry, did that answer your oh, question? Oh, I just like I, I was just in my head in my wardrobe, like going, oh, I have a little holiday, a baby, teeny like little infant of a holiday wardrobe capsule, like where I have sparkle sequins and like things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's my holiday wardrobe, which I bring out in the holidays because that's what it's for. But then I can, you know, I would use it in other fancy scenarios. I need sequins, for example. But I'm like, oh, I never thought yeah. about that. So you're kind of uh, 
giving focus and highlighting aspects of a large wardrobe for somebody potentially and helping them focus in and make a storyline or a theme out of like select pieces. That's so cool. I've not yet had the space to kind of build up a bigger wardrobe until recently. Um, But I love that you basically took to this more, it's not limited, but selective approach to fashion, Mm -hmm. not because of a suitcase, like I got limited by the suitcase that I had to carry. You actually did it while you had more ample space. Was that hard for you to go from, or did you even have a big wardrobe? Or was it just the downsizing to the condo that led to this smallerness? Yeah, it was the downsizing to the condo that led to the the minimal, the more, the well-edited closet, so to speak. Um, and I'll be honest, with travel, that was like a few years ago now. So uh, that also helped, yeah, really bring it down. But when I came back, I, I did have access to my full closet and I, I loved it. <laughs> it was fun to go back. So, um, yeah, it was it was definitely fun to go back. And yeah, I want you to I would love sure. Alyssa because I've watched all your videos. So I would love for you to explain Thank you. the whole idea <laughs> of the looking on the internet for outfit inspiration and then breaking it down by elements mm. of style. This is again, one of, to me, the, the true hallmarks of your work that separates you from other Thanks. creators that I watch and love also, but for different things from that. But what I love about you is you've taught me how yeah. to think about the elements of style. And this is something that as I was trying to get into fashion in a more, you know, amazing way. I I had to figure out like, why doesn't the Pinterest outfit, I have a blue shirt and jeans or a sweater like that and black pants. So why don't, mm. why doesn't it look like me? Uh, when I put that together, why doesn't that match? You understand that and explain that very well. Can you share that with us? Yeah. I did, how I came up with the idea, to be honest, I can't, it was probably like at the birth of the channel when I was again, like thinking like, why isn't anyone talking about using what they have? And actually that kind of idea, like I don't know if you read if you've read um Rick Rubin's book but it's kind of where like the, there's a creative idea and and it's kind of just floating around and it it's not necessarily one person's idea it floats around until someone grabs it and that idea of elements of style had been in my head for like several years and like I had tried to figure it out through through blogging and I was like wait like cuz I was looking on Pinterest and I was like and you know, too, it was like the fashion headlines and stuff that would make me laugh. They would be like, you know, you need these pants to be whatever. And it's like, no, but I I don't. I actually need things like food and water and love to be happy and stylish. <laughs> so like, I, I, do you know what I mean? Like, so I was like, why, why are we so fixated on requiring a specific piece and and I think that's what led me to be like, look at the things in terms of elements of style. And my mom's a teacher, science and math. So, and I I'll still, I guess I had that analytical. So it was like the marriage of the analytical with the fashion. And I was like, wait a minute, we can apply like a formula <laughs> to this. And so the whole thing around it is just, um, you know, when you see an outfit that you want online, I thought, Rather than looking at it and saying, okay, I would love, like you said, this white tee and these jeans. But it's less about the garment, about the white tee and the jeans. And it's more about these elements such as contrast or texture or silhouette and the proportions. Like these are kind of the big ones. So it's like a white tee isn't just a plain white tee. It's contrast to a pair of dark 
trousers or a dark skirt, or it's a layering item underneath a cute pair of overalls or a shift dress, or it's, you know, maybe it's a boxy tee. So it's it's a contrasting silhouette to a pair of sleek tapered trousers. Do you know what I mean? Like now it's no longer just a plain white tee. Now it's no longer just a garment. It's it's this this creative like paintbrush tool, whatever you want to call it. You know, like we've literally, I've literally just named five other ways to see this plain white t-shirt. And, and that's what I really, really wanted to get across. And so I do this with outfits because that's the easiest, most digestible way um, to kind of see it. Uh, through an outfit. And the more you learn how to break down outfits in this way and pick apart the elements from one standalone outfit, um, the easier it is to start seeing fashion at a macro level in this way. So that when you're in a store, you're not seeing all of the beautiful things that you don't own. Or when you're looking at a fashion magazine or a cool influencer's blog post outfit or whatever, sorry, no one blogs, uh, (laughs) or like a cool like TikTok outfit or Instagram or whatever, you're not seeing like, oh, she's got this really great coat. I want that coat. Instead, you're seeing, oh, wait, she's layered that coat over this. And it's got like a really interesting cocoon silhouette. What do I have at home that has a cocoon silhouette and that is big enough to layer over X? Do you know what I mean? So you're slowly shifting your mindset and it takes time. It takes so much time and practice and patience to like reframe your your mindset in this way. Um, yeah, it does. It but, takes a lot yeah. of I I think I at least personally needed to really play a lot to get good at it. But you, mm-hmm. I think, will collapse the wave function. Do some quantum mechanics there. I think you'll speed it up for people Ooh. if they watch it because you. you explain as you show a picture of someone's outfit from Europe or something. You're like, I like this, but this is what I like about the elements of her outfit. And then you go in your closet, you pull out the things. I practically know of your wardrobe mm-hmm. now by heart because I've seen you wear it all <laughs> so many times. Like, I I love, by the way, you look so good in those boots, those tall over the knee boots. Oh my God. Fantastic. Oh, thank you. That just really is a piece that shines in your wardrobe, especially on your frame. It just like suits you so well. That was a very unique, you have a very unique body. So it suits your unique body so beautifully. But that, that is just like sometimes too, one of those elements of style when figure out as you've played in practice, I find like, oh, you're like, fine. For me, it's like shorts and skirts. Oh, I look good in those. So that's like a formula, as Mm -hmm. you would say, that I know if I do tights and a skirt or shorts and heels, like that's I don't have to think too much about that, but those breaking of styles and then being able to look at textures and the the weights of things you talk about a lot. And that's definitely, it takes time, I think, for from going from not looking at those details to then being able mm-hmm. to do it. But it, there is so much more. It's kind of, maybe it's like Alyssa being like a good chef, you know, knowing what ingredients you have yeah. and then how to mix them in the right way to make something amazing. A hundred percent. I've mentioned before that like, especially when it comes to your, to to talking about like, you know, like I said, Alison Bornstein talks a lot about the three words. Amy Smilovic from Tibby talks about like your adjectives. Um, and I just, so it's, it's almost, it's like a cocktail, you know, like what's the ratio that you want to be of, you know, I don't know, whatever your three words are. Like, what's that ratio? What does that look like to you? Is it more classic? Is it more minimal? Is it more sexy? Is it more chic? Like, you you get to decide. Yeah. Okay. One, you said the word, and now that's where I was going to go next. So one of the things <laughs> I've noticed in your three words, I'd add a fourth <laughs> word to yours, actually. What are your three regular words? Mm. 
Okay, so my three regular words are minimal, classic, and undone. But uh, you're my sexy. Word recently is it in sexy? The summer. My yes, it's my bombshell. It's oh, bomb I, I was okay. So that's how good she is, guys. Because <laughs> I knew that she's adding that element, even though it wasn't stated as. I never heard you say bombshell, but I was like, she's wearing bustier. <laughs> she's wearing really sexy items, but in a really classy, beautiful mm. way. So what added? Thank what you. led to that word being added to the mixture? Yeah. So, I mean, I've always had sort of, I mean, my parents are Italian, um, so I've always enjoyed that kind of bombshell vibe more in the summer. Um, but recently, uh, I've, I've, I'm recently divorced. Uh, my ex-husband and I are still amicable. He's wonderful. We still chat. Um, and he, I have to credit him for a lot of the work for allowing me to kind of build my business and my content as I did. But um, so we're, we're recent, I'm recently divorced and I don't know, like I didn't, I don't know if I did it intentionally. Like I'm not trying to attract attention, but I'm definitely um, exploring and embracing that side of myself more like that, that feminine and sexy and maybe a little bit bombshell and femme fatale. I don't know all these adjectives. <laughs> the thesaurus is like coming out. But yeah, and it's fun. Um, it's fun to dress that way. And it's, it's definitely for me, like I think, like I said, like I don't, I personally don't think maybe it's subconscious. Who knows? That's a whole other conversation. But like, I personally don't think of men when I'm, when I'm dressing in that way. I'm, I'm really dressing for me and to kind of embrace that bombshell vibe, which I... You like the energy of it when you're wearing it? Yeah, I do. And like, even, I mean, I did this even when I was married. My my kind of signature is like, I always wear um, like a lacy bra underneath a, a men's button-up shirt or like a, a, a more voluminous or like relaxed fit button-up shirt. And I button it, I unbutton it quite low. And I've, I've always done that. Even, even when I was married, I always, always dressed that way. And um, I guess now I'm just leaning a little bit more into it. Yeah. When I got divorced, I feel like there was an identity that I held to subconsciously that was like, I, for example, I never ate muscles in five years. I was with someone that loved muscles. And so he was eating them all the time next to me at restaurants galore. And I never touched them. And then after we were, after I was on my own, I was in Amsterdam and I was like, do I not like muscles? <laughs> so I had muscles. I was like, wait, these are great. Why did I never eat them? But it was because I told him I don't eat these. So I always feel like when you're on your own after a transition like that, that does interestingly break apart some of the mental beliefs. It doesn't need to be the reason we break apart mental beliefs by any means, but it often is an opportunity to experiment and change or play with different aspects of ourselves, whether it's expression and fashion. My ex-husband, I think I told you before the episode, he told me when we broke up, we were really good friends too as we were ending and we're giving each other advice. And his advice to me on the dating front was like, you wear a lot of wife clothes. You need to have some cuter date night mm. outfits. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> just dressing in my J crew like super prep all the time kind of uh way but he's like you know you could like step that up for for your dates in the future but it was you know obviously I now that. I was so cute now I feel like so I have it took I mean, me eight yeah, years like later a, to really yeah. be I think he would be oh like this is what I was talking about <laughs> but I didn't get that until I oh was able gosh. to to play and find it in myself right so to change that aspect of myself yes. in myself for myself but also to play with it in, in expression so what else has changed for you in the transition fashion or otherwise after oh um gosh it's like so much I feel like I've lived 
a thousand lives in the past year in a way. Um, Gosh, what else has changed? I mean, I've uh, I've I've had I've had my own place. I had gone from my parents directly from my parents to living with my ex husband. So even just living alone has been like a wild experience. I've traveled alone. I did a lot of things alone, even when I was when I was married. And again, my ex, t- to his credit, like he never, he he always really pushed for my independence. But it's still different, you know, when you're when you're truly truly uncoupled and alone, and you. Uh, just kind of in, in yeah, just li- learning how to live alone and uh, making decisions, like you said, like making decisions for yourself and really discovering yourself and exploring yourself. So there's just been a lot of that, a lot of, a lot of, I guess, identity work, a lot of uh, really good like therapy and journaling and. I mean, I'm exhausted. All of that mental and emotional work is exhausting, as yeah. you probably know. It's my job, <laughs> right? helping those people through it. Right? Yeah. Well, I Which you maybe is wild. should. It's amazing that you do that. Oh. Well, I should help you if you want. I could give you some episodes and help you clear out those emotions mm-hmm. and get journaling with your inner voice. If you're, if you're curious, that's my jam and cup of tea. So when it comes to yes fashion and working in fashion and being on your own, has that been a transition too, to be in this industry that's ever changing and and support yourself full time completely by yourself? So I had been supporting myself uh, even or us uh, while married for a little bit as well. And so being um, on my own was Uh not a hugely scary thing, but still now I think about it, it really is because you don't have that second person to kind of pick up the financial slack. Um, so that was a little bit scary, but in terms of the work, it really didn't. It didn't stop. I just kept going. Uh, and yes, even though the, the fashion industry is changing very, very often, um, slow fashion. I mean, yeah, there's new stuff happening all the time. And to be completely, I'll be completely transparent. I only had, uh, still only have uh, the mental and emotional bandwidth to just do what I knew and stick with what I know. I didn't have the emotional capacity to, you know, read what's going on in sustainability. I I literally, and I don't know if my audience or my community could tell. I'm sure they could, actually. I know they could because they're so intuitive, but they've been sticking with me anyway. Um, I've just been doing what I know and Next year, I'm finally, like Bella, only just now am I starting to be able to open my brain up again and be like, okay, like what legislations are being passed? What are these brands doing? What are the, do you know what I mean? Like it it took, I never stopped working. I never stopped putting out content because I truly, like this is like a vocation to me, to be honest. It doesn't, I'm not being yeah. cliche when I say it doesn't feel like work. I'm saying it's it's literally my life. Um, in the best way possible to to spread this message of loving what you already have and loving what you already have enough and making yourself feel enough that you don't, that you're not coming at clothing from a place of lack, that you're coming at it from a place of abundance. And I think that is just, you know, no matter what's happening in the slow fashion space and no matter what innovative textiles and fabrics and legislations are being passed, ultimately that mindset shift is, I believe, what what is the key to derailing overconsumption? So um, at a at a micro and macro level, um, so that's what I just stuck to. I just stuck to the to what I knew and what I could do. 
Yeah. Sorry, and you helped everyone emotional. with their style. <laughs> I know. It's so interesting because to me, I love it's so cute because to me, that part that you're talking about is like obviously very important. And many people are feeling really drawn and passionate about those subjects. To me, what you did is you've made me better at style. And using oh, what I had in a better way. And that is the most thanks. sustainable thing is to help people totally. be better at it. Because the more discerning they are, then the less mindless mm. they are, right? The more you have that sense and awareness, the less, the more, it's kind of like the chef. The more you know what to do yes. with the ingredients on the table, the more things don't go in the trash because you know how to cook everything that you've got on the table. If you go to the grocery store, 100%. just add a bunch of stuff to cart. So I think what you did do, even though you didn't keep up with the current events, you did the thing that actually is the essence and is the joy and true abundance of all of it, which is Thank you. expand people's abilities to appreciate and create with all the things that are right in front of them and then let them Thank add you. with more discernment as they go. Yeah. Thanks. And I do. It's actually, so funny. You I added you, me go ahead. because that's it. Ah! That's it, Alyssa. You got me because of that. That fact that you weren't sitting there Thanks. about the social media current events, because sometimes that stuff, mm. not you or how you deliver content, but sometimes that can feel not the, in alignment with inner voicey kind of work. And so but what you were doing wasn't about that. It wasn't about judging, like you said, or pushing on anybody or making people, cons no. you know, anything wrong. You were just sharing how to do something that you already love better. And that I loved. Yeah that you couldn't have done something better to my experience as a, as a follower. Thank so, you. And you I wonder even too, me. if if you, thank you. Like that's, uh, that means so, so much because I, I also like, I love your work. I, I looked um, at some of your like episodes and everything. And it's funny how you talk about the inner voice a lot, because I think a lot of learning how to use what you have and a lot of sort of coming into your own personal style is is similar to doing that that inner voice work because you learn to say no to things that aren't for you and you learn to yes. kind of stand up for yourself in a way that's like okay well like it's low fashion it's like no I'm not going to take this top that this company is telling me to buy because it'll make my life better or my boobs look better like no I don't know I'm good enough here's what I need do you know what I mean and I don't know if you saw 100%. any parallels with the content yeah. Yes. For me, my okay. notice was I, I gave away all my possessions in Portugal in 2022. And so I was starting in a rebirth and a regrowth and a yeah. upgrade update. And I gave away all the things to my friends that loved and appreciate them and are still using them. But as I went into new things, my inner voice led me into very high quality items, like super high quality. Mm. I was like, what is going on in her voice? Like, you've got a real <laughs> penchant for fashion mm. here. And my inner voice said, it doesn't matter what the thing's name is or the cost is. It was saying, it's about the energy of the objects that my inner voice was getting mm. drawn to. And so what I've realized is my inner voice, and sometimes I'll question like, really, you want me to get this really super nice thing? And my inner voice is like, the only things you've ever gotten that weren't in alignment, it'll tell me, my inner voice will say, are the things where I bought something on sale because it was, it was, it was pretty and it was on sale you know, or something like it, but it wasn't mm. the great fit. My inner voice would say, I'd rather you spend something 10 X that price that you'll actually wear and love and feel like a hundred, you said the word hundred percent in than something you mm -hmm. feel 80% in. And so that has been an edge for my mind because that's not something you hear anyone talking about. It's like that yeah. side, but that's what my inner voice is 
teaching me through myself every day is that alignment is alignment and not alignment's not alignment. And it drops a lot of the shoulds and the, the projections of other people's opinions or points of view. It just brings it all internally into that mm-hmm. one, what is a hundred percent in this now moment for me in this thing that's in front of me, is that a hundred percent? Yes or not. And if it's not a hundred percent, my inner voice would say, just let it go. But it's not, mm-hmm. and then it kind of simplifies the entire picture, but for other people that are excited to be passionate about forming the future of an industry like you are, mm-hmm. uh, then it's perfect to have all the information available on the outside as well. But ultimately, mm-hmm. on an individual level, if it's not their vocation like it is yours, the intuition right. can guide every step. That's what I find. Totally. I love that. Yes. I agree. But you have helped me in my mind have the joy oh. of understanding the the elements of style and like, is this the the proportion? Like, I think that right. is something if people could learn from you, if I could say, if you want to get better at fashion, watch Alyssa talk about proportion in the objects that she's contrasting with each other and pairing because that I think makes the biggest difference on an outfit in some yeah. ways more than anything. Totally, totally. I think proportion and silhouette are huge. And especially in making people feel good because proportion is all about like you're you're manipulating what you want to highlight about your body and highlight or whatever. Like, you know, change. It's it's kind of fun. You can be a real chameleon when you learn how to use proportions. Oh, I love that. Is there anything else that you feel like you've learned as you've been working with so many people in your community that are working in their own closets? Is there anything that you've learned that you think you could share to help other people? Yes. Okay. So one of my, and this was an amazing community member. It was during one of our live Shop Your Closet events. And we were talking about uh, taking up space with your style because, you know, outfit repeating is like, whatever. I don't, in my world, it's not a big no-no. Everybody loves outfit repeating, but there's still this idea that like, oh, you can't, especially as women, like we can't take up space with our clothes. We can't be loud. We can't wear the same loud or bold piece a few times because it, it it's memorable or whatever. And one woman, so we were talking about, about taking up space with our clothes, like both mentally and just visually. And one of our, one of my incredible, um, I guess, community members said, when we are creative and confident with our own style, it gives others around us permission to be creative and bold with their style. And I thought that was the most beautiful thing um, that I've, that I learned. I mean, I've learned a lot this year about style, especially from my two other podcast co-hosts. Um, but I, th- I just thought that was really beautiful. Like when you dress well and you feel good about yourself and you like maybe take experimentation with your style, it gives others permission to, to be creative. And that, I think that's beautiful. Oh, I love that. You know who that reminds me of? And I, I want to have an interview eventually with her too, is Trini Woodall. I feel like she <gasps> oh, is I getting- love her. Right. She's living in yeah. sequins half the time and she's yeah. getting so many people. I see it in London because she lives around the corner from me. So she's, she's around here. I've actually brought, so I've walked cool. by her. I have with her daughter and I was like, I'm not going to say anything, but I, it happened. I she goes to my favorite coffee shop. I haven't seen her there. I would have been shocked if I had because she and I kind of look alike in a weird mother daughter way. And I'm like, I'm like, whoa, okay. she looks more like my mom than my mom looks. But anyways, um, so she's cool. done that. She's done that with fashion, with color and sequins, I would say. She really yes. gets a whole generation of people to to dress in a way that they may not have yes. done as Trini wasn't Embrace. doing it every day. A hundred percent. Yeah. 
Okay, so I love to ask my guests every time at the end of the show, this is the question I always ask, so take it, interpret as you like. What would you tell someone just starting out on this journey? Mm, um, I would say start with uh, gratitude. That can go such a long way, even if it seems like totally unfashion related. Having some sort of gratitude practice is is a great jumping off point because it helps sort of shift your mind uh, into seeing what you already have as an option. Uh, And that's a really liberating experience. And to be patient with yourself and not so hard on yourself. Uh, And to also, I'm sorry, there's a lot. Um, So yeah, to be patient to yourself, gratitude, and to not try and solve all of the sustainability problems with your wardrobe. Like there are a lot of issues with sustainability and there's no such thing as a 100% sustainable garment. So go easy on yourself and start with what you have um, and mindful, keep mindfulness like that's in mind. You know, it's not about where you shop, it's how you shop. I love that. Sorry, Alyssa, that was thank a lot. You. Oh, it's, no, it's perfect. It's perfect. Thank you so much okay. for coming on the show. It is such oh, a joy to be able to take you and bring you to my audience as I've been watching all of your content and learning so much. It's a joy to share you with my community as well. Likewise. I'm so excited to share this with my community. I think they can benefit from your podcast as well. Thank you so, so much for having me, Bella. May something wonderful happen to you today. Thank you.